tonight at Ground Zero meetings, we're going to continue down uh, the pathway of some teachings and, and um, really felt like the ABCs to the Lord. So tonight we're going to kind of go over a B, you know, and belief. You know, that what we believe focuses us and points us in one direction or another. You know, as a little kid, you know, I believed that I wasn't any good because there was rejection and abandonment, you know, in my childhood. You know, there was abuse in my childhood. You know, I was physically and sexually abused as a child. So by the time I was, you know, just a young boy, my belief is that, you know, I'm no good. You know, and this dictated my pathway through my teenage years and, and getting in trouble and, and a lot of depression. So what we believe kind of shapes us and forms us and points us. You know, <clears throat> you know, I was good at sports. I believed that I was a good athlete. So when I got on the, the, the court or the field, I could step up to the challenge. You know, eventually, you know, drugs and alcohol took, you know, its pathway in my life. And, you know, I believe that everyone's out to get me and the, the cops are the man and, you know, everything's always everybody else's fault. You know, and eventually, you know, going in and out of jail, you know, coming to this place that I had to believe that drugs and alcohol and that way of living was no good for me before I was ever ready to change it. You know, how often do we have some area of our life that other people can see that's bad for us, but we can't see it for ourselves. And until we believe that something has to change, we won't change it. You know, in my early 20s, I believed that I was an atheist, that there was no God, that supernatural and spiritual things were foolish. You know, and because of my painful past and the things that I've been through, then how can there be a loving God? So my belief about God kept me from God. You know, eventually coming into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, I was told that I need to believe in a higher power. You know, and I fought that until I got to the place where I realized that there was things in my life that I could not change on my own. That I believe that no matter how hard I tried, that there was nothing I could do about my anger, and there was nothing that I could do about shame. So I began to pray. You know, and eventually, you know, a few weeks had passed, and I went to bed one way, and I woke up another way, and I believed that there must be something out there, that prayer is working. You know, so in my pathway, and in our pathways, what we believe shapes what we do more than we realize. You know, if I believe that I'm no good, if I believe that I'm worthless, I will stay in a broken relationship a lot longer than I should. You know, I, I stayed, you know, in a relationship for three and a half years when I was a young man. And I would honestly say I believe that six months into it, I hated her guts. But I stayed there because I was so insecure and broken and codependent that I believed that no one else would love me. So I stayed in a very harmful and dysfunctional relationship because I believed very poorly about myself and my self-esteem was, wasn't, wasn't any good. You know, eventually... You know, we come to this understanding that there must be some sort of God out there. You know, 
I know at least for me that I, I should be dead, and many of you in here believe the same thing, that through life and life circumstances and things that we've done and situations that we've gotten ourselves in, it's a miracle that we're even sitting here. You know, so God has been taking us on this course and bringing us to this place. You know, as we begin to believe in different things, be, things begin to change. You know, I had to come to the understand that I believe that I'm an alcoholic and an addict before I'll ever begin to change that. You know, oh, I have a drug problem. Oh, I have an alcohol problem. Oh, I, I might be an addict, but I'm not an alcoholic. Oh, maybe I'm an alcoholic and not an addict. You know, oh, this isn't a big deal. This, you know, food issue is not a, a big deal. You know, this gambling, this porn, this sex, it's not a big deal. Until we own it, that this is an issue, until I believe that I'm a sinner, I cannot be saved by Christ's power. You know, and so often we, we shift into religion and we believe that God is there and we believe that we go to church, but we don't believe how much of a wretch we truly are. So until we come to this belief system that I am a horrible person, I'm a horrible person, that we can't really begin to believe that Jesus can save us. If we have this moralistic view that I'm not that bad, that we have a bunch of sin that we're not really dealing with. So until we believe that we need a lot more Jesus in our lives than we first originally thought we did, we can't allow Christ in deeper into who we are because we still believe that I can control this or I can handle this. You know, until we believe that I have a sin issue, not just an addiction issue, that I have sin in my life and it runs rampant in every area. And things that I say, things that I do, things that I think that do not align with the Word of God. And even in my limited understanding of the Word of God, it does not match with what I believe about God. That how many times do we do things that contradict our belief system? You know, so there's, until we grow in our relationship with Christ and we believe that that relationship is the most important thing in our lives, we won't allow Christ to change who we really are, that we, we try to modify or we try to change, we try to control, we try to limit. And we always find ourselves slipping back into what we believe isn't a big deal. You know, so it's important <clears throat> that we, we recognize what we really believe. And a lot of times we believe a lot of lies. You know, as, you know, we go through our fourth step, you know, we, we begin to see areas of deception. You know, I believe that I'm no good. I believe that I'm unlovable. I believe that I'm worthless. I believe that, you know, I can never do anything right. And we start to recognize, like, these are false according to the Word of God. So when we believe the Word of God over some of the things that we think about ourselves, those beliefs begin to change into true beliefs. You know, and, and correct beliefs according to the Word of God, and our mind begins to be renewed. You know, so often we may believe in God, but don't have a true relationship with God because we don't believe that we need to really surrender everything. I don't believe the Bible is, you know, relevant today, that all that sex stuff in there that was written 2,000 years ago, it's not a big deal. 
You know, and I believed that at one point when I first came to the church. It's like I was just using Jesus to get sober. I did not want to use Jesus to change everything. So I compartmentalized my Jesus. And that did not work very well for me. And I found myself back in addiction because I didn't believe that I needed to surrender completely. You know, so when I came back, I realized that I have a sex issue, not just a drug and alcohol issue. And when I surrendered that area of my life, things began to truly change. You know, and what we believe orders our steps. So it's so important that we allow our belief in Christ to change us from the inside out. That Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, which would have been the religious people of the day, because they acted as if they were whitewashed tombs. They looked all pretty on the outside, that we we know how to behave as good Christians. But on the inside, there's areas of our lives that need to truly be transformed. But I don't believe that's a big deal. Or I don't believe that God really wants to deal with this right now. Or, you know, I'm in my process. You know, we, we come up with these excuses and justifications so that we can stay in an area of our belief system that won't be affected by other areas of our belief system. So it's important that we're surrendering what we believe to the truth who is Christ, to his word, which he's given us so that we can build a relationship with him. And the more we begin to believe in Jesus and believe in his word and believe in his ways, things begin to change. And then we believe that this is really working. And we look back at some of our deception and some of our mistakes that we made, and we see that there's more to this, you know, Some of us believe that God's not paying attention to us when we pray. Some of us have come to the realization that when we pray, God moves. You know, so our belief system is shifting. You know, when I first became a Christian, I didn't think that my prayers were going any higher than the ceiling. That why, I believe that I was no good, that why would this big omnipotent God, this God that was all over the place and supposedly he's loving and caring that he's going to pay attention to my prayers. Why would he? I'm this horrible sinner. You know, so I believed that he wouldn't pay attention to me because I wasn't good enough. You know, I believed that I had to earn forgiveness. So, you know, I had to behave myself well enough so God would show me approved. So my belief system had to be shifted and changed according to the Word of God. And a lot of times the Word of God would be very clear but I still wouldn't believe it because I wanted to believe my experience or I wanted to believe my pain above the Word of God, even though I would hear over and over and over again that the Bible is true and I have to believe the Bible and Jesus loves me. But what I believed wouldn't allow that belief to come because I knew what was right or I knew what was best. I knew that it was different. I knew that that was trying to deceive me. But I was stuck in deception. And a lot of times, our belief system is partially deceived. There's truth in it, but yet there's a mixture of deception and lies, and it keeps us stuck in places. You know, as I've gone through step work with people, I've watched people go through the steps. And even though they've gone through the motions of the steps, there's still deep-rooted belief systems of how broken and how unloving that they feel, you know, and until you deal with the lies, 
that they can't truly walk in freedom because they still believe something even though they're supposedly free they're still stuck somewhere because they believe something about themselves that contradicts what the truth is and until you begin to deal with the lies that the enemy is is placed in our life at, at certain opportune moments that he's placed something that you're not worthy and you're not loving and no one will love you and that you're never going to amount to anything, you're never going to succeed, you're always going to be a failure, that you know we stay stuck in these places and we don't even realize it. So we go through the motions and we, we're trying to get sober and we're trying to change something and we're trying to believe in Jesus and we're getting some, some momentum and all of a sudden the enemy pushes the button to one of those lies and our belief system comes alive that this is more powerful than the truth. And all of a sudden we sabotage ourselves and we stand there once again. How did this happen? It's because we have this deep inner belief that contradicts our outward belief. So until we begin to recognize some of these areas of deception, some of these areas of brokenness, that we take this belief system and we hand it to Jesus and saying, I know that this doesn't align with your word and I know this doesn't align with what I believe about you or what I believe that you're believing about me. You know, how hard is it for us to truly believe that he loves us? That there is unconditional love from the Father. Most of us in here, most of us, period, have father wounds. That we didn't have perfect dads. You know, and there's wounds in there. And, and we believe, without sub realizing it subconsciously, we have this belief system that our Heavenly Father operates very similar to our biological Father. You know, and, and then on some aspects, we have these beliefs because our, our mothers were not perfect. And there's issues in there as well. And that we project them on God. You know, that rather than Christ being in us, we put ourselves in God. So we believe how God would re respond and react is how we would respond and react. You know, how often we like, God, you know, you get them, or God, you know, this, or God, or that, because we project our belief systems on God. But yet, in turn, God wants us to change our belief systems according to His Word and according to His way. And there's a collision of beliefs. And we have to choose what we're going to believe. You know, it took me a long time to believe that there was a higher power. You know, and then it took me a long time to, in what higher power I wanted to serve. You know, my belief in God was all messed up. You know, part of it is I didn't want religion. Part of it, you know, I had all these excuses of why religion was bad. You know, I had all these things, you know, that religion has caused the most wars in the world and the Catholic priests have done this and this person's done that. My belief against Jesus had to do with what people did. So I couldn't accept Jesus because I projected what people did on Jesus. And Jesus never did nothing but change our lives. When we really look back over our past, we see how the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us even before we even believe that He was real. That He's always there guiding us. And you can call it a conscience, and you can call it this, and you can call it that, but the truth of the matter is His love for us has been intersecting our lives over and over and over again 
keeping us from jumping off the deep end of the cliff. You know, and why have some people fallen off the cliff? I can't tell you that. I don't know. But what I do know is I believe that the, the devil is a, a killer and a robber and a destroyer. And he tries to destroy everything. So when you believe that about the devil, and what does he try to do? He tries to get us to believe that he's not at work. And when we believe that the devil is not real, and when we believe the devil's not at work in our lives, it makes a lots of excuses for a lot of different things. And when we think God is distant or God is unjust, that we have this belief system too, that, that God is compartmentalized or God is somewhere in heaven in outer space on a cloud not paying attention to us. So our belief system orders our steps. You know, when we seek God and say, God, I'm ready to do it your way. You know, many of us struggle with that. You know, that we, we try to believe in God, but yet when we pray or when we try to get things from God, it doesn't happen the way we think it should. So then we believe we should help God. And we try to go around the process and try to help him out a little bit because he must be busy somewhere else in the world. He's not paying attention to little old me and everything that I want. But when we believe what the Word says is that we deny ourselves and follow Christ, and we believe that that's the pathway to salvation, not going to church and being a Christian and having Christian posters and bumper stickers and carrying a Bible and I have a cross, None of the early believers had any of those things. None of those things that we would contribute to what a Christian should have or what they should look like today did any of the early church have any of those things. And yet today, this is what we model ourselves by. You know, I'm a Christian. Why? You know, when we deny ourselves and follow Christ, that we are actually Christ followers, that the word Christian comes from really a slang term, like you're a little Christ. You're, oh, you little Christians. Oh, look at you trying to act like Jesus. It was like slang. It was like a mockery. Like, oh, you little Christians. And today, you know, I'm a Christian. You know, it says they'll know us by our fruit. Now, granted, you know, we're in this process. You know, we're still trying to figure out what we believe. But when we truly surrender our lives and we say enough is enough with certain sin, that it's only when we truly take accountable actions that I am a sinner and I have done these sins that I can repent to Jesus and I believe that I'm saved by grace, that it's not of my good works, <clears throat> that I truly begin to be transformed by my faith and my belief in Christ, that it's not me trying to manifest a better Tom it's not you trying to manifest a better you because I'm using good moralistic teaching. It's that I am a wretch and I need to be saved by grace because I will continue to do things that contradict my belief system. Why? Because I'm a sinner and I have a sin nature. And there's a deceiver out there that constantly tries to dangle something in my face that says, hey, this is what you really want. Don't trust Jesus. He's not paying attention. He doesn't want to give you a better life. Look at what I can offer you. And how often we take the bait. And then he turns around and condemns us for it. Ha, 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 look at what you did one more time. Look, God doesn't really love you or he would have saved you from me. And we go into this belief system that I'm this worthless sinner. And that God could never save me. You know, the, the one line in the 
how it works, that incapable of getting sober because they're incapable of constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. You know, and I think that every single person, like, I'm that one. You know, I know I've thought it. I'm the one that's never going to get it. So I might as well just go do it one more time. I'm this hopeless person. You know, I believed that life sucked. Life has always sucked. Life sucks now. Life's going to suck. So what's the point of doing the work? What's the point of really surrendering my life? What's the point of doing some steps? What's the point of changing my life? What's the point of staying sober? It's all going to suck anyway. Why? Because I believe that life sucked. I believe that I've been dealt this hand of cards and my fate is to suffer forever in misery here on hell. I mean earth. <laughs> but when I got so tired of being tired, you know, pain can change us for a minute. I've watched it. People are in desperate need of change, and they change. You know, months go by, years even. And then one of these old belief systems begins to reemerge, and the whole thing gets swept out from underneath them. I've had a year sober over twice, two times, over a year, and went back to it. And a year sober is like the golden ticket. You know, you get a year, you're good to go. I met a woman that had 39 years sober and picked up a drink and couldn't get sober. We're never done. We're never technically done. That It's not about staying sober. It's not about getting free from porn. It's not about eating better. It's not about not gambling. It's not about whatever it is. Fill in the blanket. That's not what it's about. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And I believe that he can transform me into him is his image. If I press into him and I live according to his word and I live according to a relationship with him, that I believe that his presence can come here on earth and intersect me in my brokenness and I can have a relationship with a living God. I believe that today. And why do I believe that? Because he's shown me that that's true. Many, many years ago, I didn't believe that this was real. So because of my belief system, not believing that Jesus is real, not believing anything about the Holy Spirit, growing up in church, I did not hear anything about the Holy Spirit. The presence of God, none of that was not taught in the churches that I grew up in. So as an adult, people are talking about the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's here in the room. I'm like, these people are crazy. But my belief system kept me from really encountering the Holy Spirit because I didn't believe that he was real. Not like these other people thought that he was real. And I remember, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I don't. I can't experience it because something's in the way. And I begin to pray. I mean, all right, if this is real, then show me what's in the way between me and you. And he began to show me areas of sin, areas of attitude, things in my house that I needed to get rid of, behaviors, stuff I was still actively doing. And as I began to be obedient to that little voice that's not real, I began to believe the little voice that kept telling me to get rid of stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And lo and behold, as I started to, to get rid of things in my life, and I started to change my behavior, and I started to believe the Word of God, and I started to believe what other people are teaching me about them, who Jesus really is, instead of my belief system that kept me broken, 
all of a sudden, there's this whole new experience in Christ. And I'm like, whoa. And my first thought is, this is crazy. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you were in a crack house like a week ago, which is more crazy. And I'm like, touche. <laughs> you know, I've seen some crazy stuff in Christ. I've seen believers do crazy things. Some of it's really weird. Some of it's actually real. Some of it's not. But how do I know the difference? Is I seek Jesus. And when I seek Jesus, he begins to teach me what the truth is. And Jesus tells us that when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. What is that truth? That truth is his word. When we obey his teachings and live according to his word, that we become his disciples, and then the truth sets us free. But he tells Pontius Pilate, you'll know the truth when you hear it. And Pilate's like, will you really? Well, if you don't have the truth in you, you don't recognize the truth. But it, the more we read the Word and the more we grow in our relationship with Jesus, when we watch some of these weird preachers on TV, we're like, that guy doesn't know Jesus. And that guy wants my 1995 for some holy water. It's going to heal me and everything in my life. And I'm going to win the lottery this week because I believe it. No. Why? The Bible says, not a good idea. And we can go back into Scripture and say, this is why we don't listen to certain people. And this is why we listen to certain people. Why? Because they don't contradict the Word of God. Now, no preacher is ever going to be perfect. Because our, our personality and our opinions get mixed in there. But the truth of the matter is, is that Word is what's going to guide us. That Word guides us from anything that might deceive us. So as we believe that that Bible is the most important thing in our lives... It helps us to grow with the real most important thing in our lives, and that's Jesus, because Jesus is the Word. So it's so important in what we believe. You know, I, I look through my life and how my beliefs have changed. And most of you in here can really look through your life and how your beliefs have changed. You know what? There's things I believe about God now that I did not believe five years ago. And I certainly didn't believe ten years ago. Why? Because I'm growing and I'm maturing in my relationship with God and He's showing me that there's different ways to follow Him. That when I first got here, everything was real concrete. I was real rigid. You know, because I was trying to resist sin. When I realized that I'm a sinner and I sin every day, that it changes it. I don't try to behave to get better. I follow Jesus, and all of a sudden, things begin to... I look over, and I'm like, wow, things are different. You know, years ago, how I would have handled situations, because I believe that I'm following God, and this is the way it's supposed to happen. It's not what I do today. Why? My belief system has changed. I'm maturing in Christ. You know, how recovery has worked has matured and changed over the years. You know, I believe I knew everything when I first got here. And I did not know anything. You know, I, I, I was talking about the other day in the Amy. If I could go back to hear the Tom that sat in those rooms in 2002 and 2003, I would want to slap that guy. Because what he believed and what he said was nonsense. 
because he was opposing to the very loving God that I believe in today. You know, many of us need to really examine some of our beliefs that oppose a loving God, oppose a healing God, oppose this loving, healing God that wants to have this intimate, personal relationship with us, that wants to encounter us every single day, that wants to have this interwoven, intimate, pray-without-ceasing type of relationship, like we fall in love with our first love all over again that we can hear his voice, that we can talk to him and he can have conversations, that we can, it's not like, you know, I send a letter into outer space and hope he someday returns it like Santa Claus. No, we believe in this all-powerful living God that wants to contact and, and communicate and interweave himself into everything that we do. Now, I do not believe that you should pray to what you should wear in the morning. I think that's a little crazy. Oh, God, what should I eat for lunch? That belief is a little nutso for me. But other people might believe that. And they all the power to it. You know, God told me to eat potato chips today. Okay, have some potato chips. <laughs> and it's important that we align ourselves with the God of the Bible. That that word is what's going to shape our belief system. If we're not spending time in our word, that we don't believe that the Bible is important, that I don't believe that I need to spend time in it, that I don't believe that it has anything pertinent that it could possibly speak into my life today, I'm going to struggle with my belief in Jesus. I'm going to struggle with my belief in what he can do in my life. I'm going to have to struggle with what he believes about me. That he loves me, that I'm a child of God, that I am saved by grace, that the blood of Jesus is covered and washed away all my sins. I'm going to struggle with that belief system because I'm not hearing it spoken back to me through the Word of God. The Bible is God's breath breathed into our lives. That many of us, when we're reading the Bible, all of a sudden it's like, boom, you have this aha moment, like God just spoke to you. You know, there's been times I'm sitting there, it's completely silent. And reading the words and tears just start flowing down my face because I know that God just spoke to me. There's times when you're listening to worship music and all of a sudden you just feel that presence of God come into the room. You feel the little tinglies and you know that God's giving you like this holy hug. That He's there. That no matter what you're going through, instantly changes. Because you realize that God is with you. He's not against you. And if you don't believe those things are going to happen, that you believe that God's somewhere in outer space in heaven just kicking it with Jesus, then you're going to struggle with a relationship with him because you don't think that you're worthy. So that belief system gets in your way. So it's so important that we begin to dictate our lives according to the word of God. You know, I didn't like to read. You know, but I began to read the Bible one page at a time, one chapter at a time. And all of a sudden, God began to speak to me. And it freaked me out. Like, this is weird. It's like a magic eight ball. You kind of like shake it and flip it open. You're like, whoa. No, it's like, it's real. It's a living word. You know, every one of us, most of us anyway, have, have had these aha moments with the Bible. And then we put it away. We don't touch it. Why? Because it convicts us. 
It doesn't just speak life into us. It convicts us about things that have to change, and we don't like that. You know, same with church. When we start sinning again, stop going to church. Why? They don't understand what I'm going through. Because I believe that they can't relate. But the church should be an emergency room for broken sinners trying to get fixed up by Jesus. It shouldn't be this holy temple for saints that just come there to show off their hats. <clears throat> so it's so important that what we believe and how it changes us. So I really encourage you tonight that if you're struggling with Jesus, you're struggling with a loving God, you're struggling with forgiveness, you're struggling with healing, you're struggling that he could change you, you're struggling in any area of your life, I really encourage you to, to really think and pray about what you're believing about your current situation. Because a lot of times what we think and what we feel isn't true. I had to realize that feelings aren't facts. I had to believe that my feelings were lying to me on a regular basis. That I'm lonely and I need this and, you know, I need that and I, I believe. You know, and then we project our beliefs on God. Well, God this and God that. And God's like, really? I don't remember saying that. It's so important that we take our beliefs to our Creator, to our Savior, and say, this is what I believe about you. And allow Him to really change us and form us and transform us and redeem us and renew our mind, heal our hearts. Because if we stay in our current mindset, can we really go around that mountain one more time? I don't want to. I do not want to continue sinning in the way that I'm sinning. You know, my current issues is weight. You know, I was talking to one of the guys today. In December, I was 230 pounds, which has been a low for many years. I was doing good. And then I climbed all the way back up to 276 pounds. And then I'm like, enough already. I believe that i got to do some work. I can believe that God's going to change my metabolism. But the truth of the matter is, I believe I need to go to the gym. You know, and what we believe in is what's going to order our steps and how things are going to change. You know, where you're at, are you ready to change it? Do you believe that you need Jesus? Do you believe that he can help you? Do you believe that you need accountability? Those things are really going to dictate how you spend the next few months and how the next year is going to play out. I'm tired of going around the mountain. I'm tired of wasting time not being walking in freedoms that are readily available for me because I believe that this isn't a big deal or I believe that God doesn't really care or I believe that I'm not good enough. Or, you know, and it's important that we take these things to the Word of God. It's important that we have people in our lives that can tell us the truth so that we can begin to press in to whom we believe in Jesus Christ. And let him transform us into who we've been called to be and truly created to be. That he created us within the womb for a purpose and a plan. And that purpose and our, the plan that he has for us is not our current state of being stuck in whatever sin that we're in. And some of us are free from sins. You know, we've gotten some under our belt, per se. 
That doesn't mean that that thing won't come back if we're not paying attention. Because the enemy waits for an opportune time, and we need to believe that he's always going to be there trying to trick us and deceive us and pull us back into areas of brokenness, pull us back into sins that we've been set free from. And then he can condemn us and say, you know, look, see, God's not that powerful. Look at what I did. Like, no, he's just a deceiver. He, he can share his nonsense with us. But if we believe him above God, it's powerful. So we need to believe what God says about us so that we can walk in freedom. You know, it doesn't matter what sin it is that we're struggling with today. Jesus can set us free. He breaks the chains. He washes that sin clean through the blood of Jesus. So I just really encourage you to really examine some of the things that you believe. Believe about yourself. Believe about God. Believe about your current circumstances and say, you know what? I'm not sure that this is true. I'm not sure that this is accurate. You know, and talk to somebody about it. Check up the word. Google is an amazing thing. You can Google just about anything. I believe this. And then Bible. And you'll have verses pop up. You know, we live in a day and age that we are, have so many resources at our fingertips or at our thumbs. You know, so, you know, spend time seeking God and you'll be amazed in what he does in your life. We just bow your heads in. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you that you believe in us far more than we believe in you. Lord, that you want to have a relationship with us and you literally would do anything for it. Lord, you laid down your life for us long ago that before we ever knew that you were real. You laid down our lives for us while we were still sinners. That you gave us the truth. Lord, help us to wrap our minds around who you are and and what you want to do in our lives if we could truly surrender. Help us to believe that we need you more. Help us to grow. Help us to change. Help us to to truly grab a hold of you and not let go. Lord, I ask that you would move powerfully and really begin to change our hearts, renew our minds. Help us to have hope again. Help us to know that you are right here, that we are not, we did not go too far, we did not fall too far, we didn't slide too far. That your love for us is right here, right now. That all we have to do is ask you one more time to say, pick us up, transform us, change us. That your word says that a righteous man or woman falls seven times. And we just keep getting back up and keep trying again. That nowhere in the Word says that we're ever going to be perfect. That it truly says that we're we're saved by grace. It's your blood that sets us free, not our actions. But help us to align our actions with who you are. That you truly transform our hearts. And through the transformation in our hearts, our outward actions begin to be transformed. That nowhere does the rules or regulations or outward actions change our heart. It's only through the heart change that we begin to change. So Lord, I pray that, that you would meet us right now and change our hearts. And that we would renew our minds according to the word of God. And that our belief in you would be completely transformed in how awesome and how loving you truly are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.